again and welcome to It Was All a Stream. I am your host, Chris Sachs. Co-hosting alongside me is my cousin, Neil Kim. Welcome back every week, everybody. Every week. Every week, welcome everybody. Same every bad time, week. same bad channel. Welcome back. Well, this week, we fortunately do not have a celebrity death to open with. Thank goodness. Thankfully. So we get to go right into the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Some good news. Let's do it. All right. As always, Wikipedia is every researcher's good friend. Key source. We will be using their summary for the episode. So, the Mandalorian. After limping his way to the moon of Trask and nearly crash landing the Razor Crest, the frog lady is reunited with her frog husband. Which was adorable, by the way. It was so adorable. Uh, Mandalorian, he finds a little bit more information on where to locate another one of his kind in the area which leads him to a fishing trip, uh, a fishing ship, excuse me. Mm. Um, but that reveals itself to be an ambush. Indeed. Mando and Baby Yoda are rescued by three other Mandalorians whose leader, Bo-Katan, enlists his help in seizing weapons from an Imperial freighter in exchange for information on the Jedi. I want to pause right here for a second. Let's do it. What are we talking about? And I feel like we're going to be harping on this a lot because this is now going to be my third episode bringing this up. Okay. In some shape or fashion. You piqued my interest. So Mando Word. is basically in search of inf- constantly in search of information. So yeah, I know he gets going. information from Pelimoto right. about the frog lady who has information about her husband who has information to send him to the local pub whose bartender has information to point him in the direction of the shipping guy who has the information and will lead him to another Mandalorian who ends up betraying him. And then when he finds the Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan has information on where to possibly locate another Jedi. It's just because apparently it's a, it's a galaxy far, far away in a futuristic world that doesn't have the internet. So you have to go to different people to find out things, man. If that's your area of, I can't suspend disbelief because I got to go. No, to three people. It's not an area of suspend uh, of suspending disbelief, but it's like, mm. come up with something a little bit more creative at this point. Yeah. Like we're but that's just why he, bouncing show, around information, 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 yeah. information. But this show is our, like, uh, your rail pass. It's like our ticket to all of Star Wars world. You know, like this planet Trask that we never heard of. Yes, I, I have, I don't have any issue with, you know, basically just having, having an excuse to spend time in this world. Right. Like, that is awesome. I'm a big fan of it. And, you know, they're kind of, they, they didn't really make a decision on what they wanted to be. 
because obviously it's serialized, but they yeah. do want to have that aspect of like adventure of the week. Well, I see I that be, they try that. Yeah. Right. Which I would be f- fine with, but my only issue is that if you're going to do adventure of the week, make your season longer than eight episodes. Like we only have eight yes. episodes every year to be with these people. So if you're only going to have eight episodes, like have your story move along, move quicker, you know, I because totally if, get that. if this was a 20 episode season, like, uh, like other shows, yes. by all means do uh, it, make it more of a quote unquote procedural and give me an episode a week, but there's only eight episodes. We have a limited amount of time to spend with these people. Like let's make it as efficient and valuable as possible. I agree. But, you know, that's going out the window. There's really very few 22 episode series anymore out there. There's, you know, the sitcom, the, the days of cheers being 24 episodes. Um, you know, I, we, I said earlier when I screwed up, I was like, same bad time, same bad channel. That show only ran for three seasons, has 80 episodes because they used to do two a week and they were 45 minute episodes. Right. So, you know, Another one that I've been kind of just dropping in on was West Wing, which was 45 minute episode, very talky show, 20, 22 episodes a season. I'm in like my, my attention span hasn't dropped so far as to not be able to tune in for that kind of thing anymore. I'm kind of upset that the streaming services are forcing us to go there. And HBO started it even before there was a streaming service. They started with those like, quick hits 10 episode series um i that's the only bad thing i have to say with respect to what you said i was like yeah they need to move it along a little more because it's slow you know but i just i i would tune in for more of course And, and i have i have listen i i appreciate shows that do that i I don't mind having something that is like an adventure of the week where you're, you know, you, it's not fully just ser- serialized every single yeah. episode, which like, that's fine. But if I did have a nitpick for the Mandalorian specifically, it's that if you're going to do that, I just wish it wasn't in an epi- eight episode season, just so Word. that we could get as much value from these episodes as possible. Um, anyways, yeah. let's, uh, now I'm I'm off my uh, soapbox. We can continue. So, let us. After boarding the Imperial freighter with Bo-Katan and her crew, Bo-Katan reveals that their main objective is to actually capture the ship along with the weapons for their war effort to reconquer Mandalore. Realizing that. Gideon instructs Moff Gideon, that is, instructs the captain to crash the ship. His efforts are stopped by Bo-Katan, who inquires him about the whereabouts of the Darksaber, but the captain commits suicide. Bo-Katan offers the Mandalorian a place in her ranks, but he refuses, and she instructs him to meet the Jedi Ashoka Tano. In the city of Caladon, on the forest planet of Corvus. With the Razor Crest partially repaired, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda depart from Trask to continue their journey. Excellent. I, so there was, this was a far better episode than 
the last one. Uh, not that the last Agreed. one was bad. I like the, you know, it was called The Passenger, which I think was actually the name of the short story that the movie Alien is based off of. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like, it, it snuck onto the spacecraft. So it became the passenger. Um, so I like that. That occurred to me after the fact, after we spoke, but in this episode, we get a, t- you know, we, we get a glimpse at a few important things. We get a glimpse at the Mandalorian religion. Yes. And we find out that actually he, the Mando is the fanatic and belongs to kind of a, a real fanaticized right. kind of right-winger uh, Mando faction. Um, and these guys take their helmets off. They have conversations back and forth. We get a glimpse at their home world. Okay. Different than religion, home world. We get another mention of the dark saber, which is huge. Yes, we do. But here's the thing floating in the background of all of this. And it's not even Ahsoka Tano, who presumably is Rosario Dawson. Um, it's not her. It's, there was so much empire in this episode. There was. Like there was a lot of empire. And I, you know, we've talked about this before, talked about it you know, in the first season, that that's what would happen when a government is toppled that was as big as that was. There'd be remnants. You know, these moths might become warlords and they might you know, keep their ranks and kind of their uniforms and just m- morph into their own uh, secret military or secret yeah, police. Like their own factions. But this seems more pointed, like this seems more focused that they're trying to resurrect the empire and it just seemed more focused. And my question for you, or where, you know, I'd like you to comment on this. Having seen movies seven, eight, and nine and knowing what happens, providing everything is canon, Mm -hmm. like what do we think is happening there? So I would imagine what happens is that over time, somehow the old empire is able to position themselves enough with the new republic. Is that what the, it is? The, the new order? The, I forget now. The first order. First order. The first order. First so order. like, but they, it's, I think it starts out as a result of the rebellion and they kind of just like a, like, like a virus, like come yeah. in and take over okay. now that they're in power, that the, the rebels are in power. And so then it just the it shifts again. There's no avoiding the new it. Order. That's what I would thinking. imagine this is, I think this is more of the last breaths of the empire. Right. And, and the people holding on to that, but it's someone in that group it must inspire them to just create the first order. Okay. You know, what would also be a fun and interesting thing is maybe in season four, and I know we're only on season two, but like if I was the writer of the show, like season four, maybe you start to hear whispers of the emperor still being alive. Yeah. Spoiler alert for people that haven't seen the films yet. But like, yeah, maybe... if that's something you want to lean into, I mean, I we into. can get into another time my, Your my feelings, on, feelings that. on that. Yeah, we have, we have desperately different views of the film. We do, but we don't. 
we, we do, don't we in don't. as much as we're both in the bag like they've got our money every time yeah. they put star wars in front of something in front of an episode number uh, we will go but the direction i really feel like we've got different opinions there yeah um i did want to <clears throat> point out a couple things point from away. this episode like you did one just it's a, a very little thing um uh-huh. it, I liked the creativity of like, you know how in movies when someone's like when the bad guys get caught and they have the cyanide yes. tooth. I liked that in this, the, the guy, the person who worked for the empire, he had like right. an electric. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that was, that, yeah, that was very creative. You know, he killed himself with, I thought that was a nice little uh, trick. Um, yeah. Also very cool, at the beginning of the episode, uh, there was a kind of a thing that went out on Twitter about how the shot of the Razor Crest falling through, the, through space, through the sky, uh, onto the moon of Trask right. mirrored the shots of Armageddon, which was Ron Howard's movie, and his daughter... Bryce Dallas Howard was the director of this episode. I did notice she directed it. She confirmed that that was an homage to her father's movie and that it was almost a shot for shot recreation of his landing um, from Armageddon. So that was a cool little Easter egg in there. I respect that. I respect paying homage. I respect doing something like that. I like it when directors and actors kind of tag other people in it. Having said that, I have almost no use for Bryce Dallas Howard. Or who's the other one? Is it Chastain? Jessica Chastain? You yeah. have no use for a lot of people. I'm in, sure it's a random grudge Chris, against someone. You, you know that I am reluctant to offer my opinion on, on people. I try to be middle of the road, mm-hmm. very centrist. I don't like to you know, just oh, of say things willy-nilly. But yeah, she... I find, um, and, and, and if Ron Howard is listening, this will guarantee I'll never work in Hollywood, but I find her to be bland. Like in the Jurassic Park movies? Yes, that's her in the Jurassic Park movies. Does yeah. anything happen in there? Although running in heels, good for her. Did a Listen. whole movie, an entire and movie, and yep. literally ran around in heels. That can't be easy. <laughs> Anyways, we are way off. Um, I wanted to quickly, I, so we talk about some of the research that I do for this podcast for the three people that listen. And we all appreciate it. I went a little crazy (laughs) and I did a deep dive into Bo-Katan. Yeah. There's a lot there. And I also like, I've never, I have not watched the Clone Wars television series or mm-hmm. Rebels, whatever that one is. I have not watched those, um, which that's basically her entire history is from those. But I wanted to give a little background for people who might be listening and have no idea why Bo-Katan is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So Bo-Katan was originally born on the planet Mandalore. And feel free to jump in and chime in where you Word think. Her sister, Satine, eventually became the Duchess of Mandalore, leading... Obi-Wan, carry on. Yes. 
leading the the pacifist new Mandalorians. Pacifism went against Bo-Katan's beliefs, though, as she hoped to return Mandalore to Mandalore's warring past, which is interesting because in this episode, she says that, you know, Mando, they're the, the right. offshoots, but in historically, you know, she was kind of on the outs because she wanted to bring back Mandalorian or Mandalore's origins as being warriors. Right. Um, she led a elite unit of warriors called the night owls and decided to join death watch, which was a radical Mandalorian, almost terrorist group um, led by pre Vizsla who also sought to revive Mandalore's heritage. Indeed. So eventually death watch was exiled from the Mandalore system. Right. With Obi-Wan Kenobi, who you just mentioned responsible Mm -hmm. for it. And then they partner. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say it could lead to a lot of fun things with the new uh, Kenobi series. Very much could. So, and Bo-Katan, I'm saying Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. I was like thinking Florida, Boca Boca Raton. Um, uh, I think they're probably mixing her and Satine together to create a more appealing person Mm -hmm. and to cut through the lore to kind of just give us something up front. Of course. So, but I, you know, because I see, you know, you're right. She was a more militant version. But, yes. you know, that still exists. She's looking for the Darksaber. She wants to go back to kind of their military heritage, wants to take back the planet. But I think there could be some fun uh, crossover work here. So that's what I wanted to bring up was in my, a big portion of why I wanted to do some more background info on Bo-Katan mm-hmm. was to figure out why she cared about the Darksaber and how she knew Ahsoka Tano. And so originally when they get banished, Death Watch, they partner up with Darth Maul and Darth Maul's brother in order to get revenge on Obi-Wan and with the promise that Darth Maul and his forces uh, at the Shadow Collective, right? Mm -hmm. That they will help the, the Death Watch take back Mandalore. Also conveniently, Vizsla, the leader of the Death Death Watch, was the one who wielded the Darksaber. So that's how Bo-Katan knows about it. All things said and done, they help out Darth Maul. Darth Maul kind of betrays them, and he ends up dueling Vizsla and killing him. And the the Darksaber goes awry. Then Ahsoka Tano comes in because Bo-Katan asks for her help to take back Mandalore now from Darth Maul. Right. And Which, so that's again, how all of that connects. All, all the factors are there. So Rogue One gave us, the movie Rogue One gave us a living Darth Maul. Yes. That would be circa this time, about 30 years in advance, you mm-hmm. know, 
because we have to that that Rogue One was at the beginning of oh no it wasn't Rogue was it Rogue One it was um it, it was, was Solo Solo it was Solo me, it was Solo which is even better so now mm-hmm. essentially we're at the start of the rebellion anyway with Solo yep like he was you know he was young but he's just about to that that timeline was a little fuzzy but long story short you know Darth Maul survives that so for all we know he's out there in the world he's alive uh, Obi Wan would be living at the, you know, the Kenobi series would essentially be happening at the same time because now they've dropped off Luke. Luke is younger than Han Solo, probably not by much, but younger. Dropped off Luke on the planet Tatooine. Kenobi's going to have adventures. Darth Maul's out there and alive. There's definitely a chance that they meet each other again. Again, crossover there. Bringing him back to the Kenobi verse when that starts. Uh, bringing Darth Maul into this verse when that, you know, is appropriate. So I, I like this. I think this is all going in the right direction. I think probably one of the big arcs is going to be, we're going back to Mandalore. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, because then, at, you know, later on, obviously we know the Empire, to, there's the big, battle of mandalore so after right. bo-katan is basically made the ruler of mandalore she gets what she wants Word. then the empire swoops in and there's the whole big battle and it everything goes to crap and but also um, this was a unique way to uh cre- contrive a storyline in which he can take off his mask in the next season or at the end of the season potentially yeah Potentially, because, yeah, because a lot of people are saying, is it even him or is he just doing some voice acting? Like, we're getting to the point where it's, you know, I like the idea. I thought this was cool. I like when actors, you know, really work, like do a body performance. And we gave examples in earlier podcasts. But, you know, if, if they're going to back up the money truck to his house, they're going to want to see the face on screen. That's mm. just the way it is. What we got? Let's grade Mando's parenting skills this week. What are you your thoughts? First. I went, I went I, I'll go that. first. I'm going to give him a letter grade this week. Interesting. And, you know, I think I gave him what? We did like one out of, uh, one out of five last time, five being the best. Exactly. So my two probably amounts to like, I'd say a D plus. I would have given him last him week. Again? This week. I'm going to give him a C. Wow. So he gets docked points because, as I said in the beginning, they basically have to crash land the Razor Crest. And where is Baby Yoda's seatbelt? Oh, my God. He's not buckled up. You know what? Come on. You know, people made it through the 60s without seatbelts. Yeah, where this is... There was no law in space. like, Like you said, if... How do they not have internet in a sophisticated technology-focused society? They can't put seatbelts on each other. And But I'll give him points, kind of, for actually getting a babysitter this episode. Yeah. And a good babysitter this episode, which, like, he's not parenting because he's like, here, you do this for me. But at least he put Baby Yoda in the place to be safe and cared for while he was off doing a dangerous adventure rather than just bringing baby Yoda along. So that's why he doesn't fail this week. He gets a C, although 
Baby Yoda could have basically died in that crash because it wasn't wearing its seatbelt. Let, let me let me say it this way: You're not just wrong; you're stupid. Okay. Well, that's just <laughs> uncalled. For. Here's the problem. Here's the issue with your assessment, sir. It's too harsh. The man is a single parent in a Western in space. So he's allowed to forget his child. He doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. So you're traveling through space in a ship that's broken, puts everybody in the cockpit in order to uh, pressurize it, makes adjustments along the way as he goes, does everything he can to make it safe, finds the best babysitters he could possibly find on a hostile environment, gets the ship fixed, takes care of the kid, reprimands him for eating all those eggs the last time and tells him to be good this time. And, and Yoda learned something because you know it was eyeing up that tadpole, but did it eat it? No, because he's learning. Because learning a, from a the Mando is teaching set him. of parents. Mando is teaching him. He's learning um, from being reprimanded. Listen, Neil, I... I'm giving a, I'm giving a B plus. Wow. I'm giving a B plus. You're too harsh. It's offensive. Something. I have never parented anything in my life. Therefore, I feel I am very qualified <laughs> yeah, to there judge you go. Exactly. others on their oh parenting skills. All right. Okay, let's move on. Outrageous. Harsh and outrageous. Rude to and our next category. Yes. The It's Over Anakin, I Have the High Ground Award. Word. For who was, who was the most arrogant but didn't realize that they didn't actually have the high ground. Do you I like me to go say, first this time? No, you go. go you first. go. I will say the person that um, was the most arrogant was probably, and I don't even know if they had a name, the, the, guy, the, the guy who was like running the fishing boat who gets eaten by the essentially the like the mm-hmm. water sarlacc? Mm-hmm. That guy, because he's like you know getting snippy with Mando, and then all hell breaks loose. He gets swallowed up. The kid gets swallowed up. So yeah, I so that would have been my pick as well because he had man, he he thought that trap was yep. set, and he was set. getting all that best car, and it did not happen. Um, but. I figured you were probably going to pick them too. So I had a backup. Ooh, nice. My backup, a little bit more obscure, is one of the Empire people on the the ship. Okay. On the, the, um, whatchamacallit, the charter ship or whatever. User. um, Who he's basically the last stand between... Bo-Katan and Mando and the um, the cockpit and right. he says all confidently to his to the pilot of the ship like oh we've got this all we're gonna make sure that they don't get to you we'll hold them as long as you need because he needed okay. time and then immediately when the doors open he runs and hides yes um, right. So that like guy that. is my pick for he was so confident until <laughs> it got to the action and that all went away. Disappeared. Last category. Okay. Carry on. The Chewy Medal of Honor. Chewy Medal of Honor. A medal that he deserved 
that he did not get, did not that get. we have named after him. Word. The we, unsung hero of this episode, who do you give it to? I don't, because they may be sung, because we sang You could do semi-sung. Semi-sung, but we have to say the frog people. Yeah. Have to say the frog people, because they get there. So let's leave Yoda out of it. Like, let's leave them babysitting Yoda out of it. The frog people are the catalyst for um, Mando meeting the other Mandalorians, okay? Um, the catalyst for getting us all that information about Mandalore, the catalyst for getting us all that information about the Darksaber again, um, and just adorable. Like when she's running on the on the dock. That was to a genuinely him. sweet moment Wasn't between it? frog and people. Exactly. It's like not even the same species, <laughs> but I'm 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 touched. Like I'm I'm got misty. I'm like, this is love that we're seeing here. This is beautiful. And and they're frog people. So yeah, they, they deserve the award for best thing about that episode. Definitely Wookiee power to them. Yeah, I agree with that too. The, they would have been my pick as well. I, they were able to prevent more of their children from being eaten this time. So also that true. was big. They protect Baby Yoda in a situation where normally Baby Yoda is not very well protected. There, and there they, we, we see the birth of one of their children. So congratulations to the, the frog parents now. Because you see the little tadpole hatch. So that was very nice. Um, so I would agree with you. I don't really have a backup. I don't think everyone else is kind of, you know, not unsung. They're well sung. They're well sung in this episode. Well sung. All right. Well, as always, next week we'll be continuing our Mandalorian watch. Indeed, indeed. In the meantime, to hold us over. We're going to play a little rolling or trolling. Oh, I'm ready. That's right. Everyone's favorite game where we go through the biggest headlines in entertainment and streaming news, and we decide whether we are rolling or trolling. Oh, yeah. A lot of information came out for two specific properties. So I'm going to kind of go over everything that happened okay and then i'll end it on a are you rolling or trolling all right all right i'm ready so so i'm digesting first digest a little bit because there's going to be a bunch of bullet points and then i'll give you the okay the hit okay at least for the first two categories so first there's a big feature about wandavision in entertainment weekly it takes place after Avengers Endgame, that's confirmed. Okay. It was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Interesting. In the interview with Kevin Feige, he says, if you haven't seen um, any MCU movies and just want to step into this weird thing because you love the Dick Van Dyke show, it's going to work. 
But if you've been tracking the 23 movies we've made and following along the stories into phase four, there will be a wealth of rewards waiting for you as it all unfolds. He also said, ideally... Oh, sorry. The article also says, ideally, Marvel hopes WandaVision will be just the pilot episode of a long-running TV dynasty. The studio is already hard at work at developing seven additional shows, with each one connecting to past and future films. Okay. Feige says WandaVision will directly set up the 2022 film, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, with Olsen's witch playing a key role beside Benedict Cumberbatch's sorcerer. With the pandemic shuffling release dates, Marvel is also taking extra care to ensure the new schedule won't spoil story continuity. But the biggest, biggest news about WandaVision out of that whole giant pile of news that we got is that its official release date has been revealed for Disney Plus and it will be coming out January 15th, 2021. So, Neil. Yes. We now have a release date for WandaVision. I think more importantly, are you rolling or trolling with the fact that it seems like WandaVision is really going to be the big jumping off point for phase four of the MCU? Obviously, we have Black Widow, but that's kind of a look back at the past. This will really be a way to dive into what's to come i am rolling okay i am rolling uh a couple reasons one i'm glad we have a release date here's the problem and it's it's a problem of that is not their fault it's a quarantine problem i a strange thing has happened when you are in normal life and you hear oh this is coming that's coming we're closer here's a trailer here's a teaser is it it's you're ready for it. You're excited about it. For some reason in quarantine, I'm actually losing interest the longer it takes for it to come out. I'm like, let's just have it. Like we're ready now. Like, okay, let's do it. What are we waiting for? And, and I'm starting to like go out on it, but I'm rolling with it. I think it's a good idea. I like the idea of it being filmed in front of a studio audience because you know, and we talked about this, they are definitely going to revisit. And that's kind of the whole shtick of it old sitcoms you know like hollywood of the golden age and and even into the 80s and so on so i'm excited about that i think that's going to add liveliness to it it's you know pardon the pun live studio audience liveliness but it's going to add something it's going to give it something that i like as far as the jumping off point i'm nervous i want it to be the jumping off point i just don't want them to squander it like do something with this because we have watched it all. Like, don't just make a show to make a show. Like, give it, let this be something that people can step into because Stan Lee, creator of Marvel, Stan Lee said it best. said, you know, you have to do comic books a certain way because every comic book is somebody's first comic book. So I like that. Like, I'm glad that they're going to step in or that people can step into this, but don't forget all of us that have been there for now a decade. Do you know this was the first year in the last 10 years yeah. that a Marvel property hasn't been released to theaters? Yeah, it's like, crazy. That's crazy, right? Crazy. So 
might even be over 10. I think it's since 2009. Um, so I'm ready. I think it's going to be good. I want it to be a jumping off point for, for phase four. Let that be true. That's what I'm, that's what I'm rolling. And my, my, you know, and you know me, I don't like to be controversial, but we don't need um, the Black Widow movie. That's like, that's like, there's a contract out there that we have to pay. Like, oh, I forgot. I got that work done on the house and I paid everybody but the plumber. Now I got to pay the plumber. It's like, okay, that's what that movie's about. Yeah, that's the I, outstanding contract. I, um, yeah, I'm not going to get into it with that, but I would say right now, like, we've talked about like the Disney plus premiere where they like what they did with Mulan, like, Oh, if they released it on Disney plus and you had to pay extra for it, like I would do that for black widow in a heartbeat, but I'm rolling with WandaVision. I think, you know, just given the fact that Disney has basically announced how important Disney plus is for them, I think they're also realizing how important this show is going to be for them. So I think that's why they're putting so much effort and, and um, making this a jumping off point for MCU uh, phase four, because they got to make sure that this is good. One, they, they're just so incentivized by it now with everything going on and with them making Disney plus an emphasis. Um, And, you know, the Mandalorian's great but we're now a full year. We hit the year anniversary this past week, I think of Disney plus and pretty much all we've gotten new from Disney plus is the Mandalorian. So they need these shows to work. And I think that's going to be a big direction that they're taking Marvel in is going to be these Disney plus uh, miniseries. So because of that, that, and usually when, you know, anything Marvel related or MCU related when it comes to Disney is usually good, especially when it needs to be. Agreed. Agreed. Um, moving on, we have a lot more Fantastic Beasts news, if you could believe it. I, I can believe it. So Let's do this. Let's get involved. In going to do the now. same thing. This is going to be a deep dive, but this right. it'll just to update the people. I'll reserve my first. Comments. Johnny Depp is being paid his eight-figure salary because they had filmed one scene for him, and they have a. Um, that's just how his contract was structured. That I'm rolling. They did anything with it? I'm rolling okay. with it. Colin Farrell's the Batman role will reportedly prevent him from replacing Johnny Depp. Um, Depp's departure most likely had to do with leadership changes at the WB. Most crucially, since Crimes of Grindelwald wrapped production at&t merged with warner brothers the parent company uh time warner ushering in sweeping changes uh what is now dubbed warner media um so that included a new ceo and a new studio chief and sources with an understanding of how the company operates say that one of the most pronounced changes since that merger has been the overall lack of tolerance for the kind of controversy that came with talent like Johnny Depp. Hollywood Reporter says uh, that one source says the Fantastic Beats writer, J.K. Rowling, who once was Johnny Depp's highest profile backer, did not 
pushback on Warner Brothers' move to cut the actor from the franchise. But here's whether you're rolling or trolling. All right. Mads Mikkelsen is in talks to replace Johnny Depp in Fantastic Beasts 3. Are you rolling or trolling with Mads Middleson? Mickelson? Mickelson. Mads Mickelson. Taking Johnny Depp's place. Chris, you can't narrow such a, a Pandora's box of information. Well, listen, here's okay. the thing. We, we know what the situation is with Johnny Depp. Giving a little bit of up an update and a little bit more clarification on right. the issue, but I think what's most important is now we're moving. We Johnny Depp's not getting the role back. That happened. So now, as far as moving on, the situation is Mads Mikkelsen is it, being offered the role. Are we rolling or trolling with that replacement choice? I'm 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 rolling with it because Mads Mikkelsen's an excellent actor. You know, he, he did, whenever he's on screen, he's doing something. He's one of those actors that's making choices. Great in Rogue One. Great in uh, Doctor Strange. Great in, um, uh, this was my third and final example. Casino Royale. Casino Royale, which is a film that is miserable in every sense. But he was, he was a highlight. So I am rolling with Mads Mikkelsen because when he's doing things, on screen, it's fun to watch. He's a good actor. He can take over that character from Johnny Depp. I'm glad they're paying Johnny Depp. This is one of the few examples where someone is canceled but doesn't just disappear. Like They get their contract fulfilled. So I like that. Um, and these films are just just horrible so it's not i think beyond this week we probably won't be discussing them very much after this i do want to clarify too i did a little bit more research into that johnny depp amber heard situation because i didn't know much about it prior to that it existed last week Uh and so it does seem and we don't want to get ourselves in trouble but it does seem that there is a litany of issues from both yes. parties in terms of just a toxic relationship that they had and toxic Agreed. relationship history from Amber Heard. But there's also, there's voicemails that have been released between the, you know, of Johnny Depp or conversations, recorded conversations, whatever it was of Johnny Depp saying how he doesn't, he doesn't like when their relationship turns violent. And so it right. seems like it was a, they were both going at it. And apparently they both have their issues, issues when it comes to the relationship. The Regardless so, of the issues. And, and I'll say, and, we, and then we can leave this. Cause I, I know I, you know, I, I, I can feel you tensing of what, what I'm going to say next, but I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. This is not a situation where, either actor in this relationship is roaming the streets and committing high crimes against the public or corrupting the youth in some heinous way. These are two people that can't get along together and are having a, 
you know, they're both, they're both stars and, and they have their goofiness, their, you know, star lifestyle, but this is not a canceling moment. Do you remember years ago, there was a, there was a Alec Baldwin thing where he like, there was a message he left. He called his daughter like a pig or something. Yep. You remember that? Yeah. 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 So, cause he was, he was burnt. He was frustrated. Something was going on, which we don't know about. And he, he left a message he shouldn't have left. But if we canceled him, we wouldn't have had, uh, what is he on the gong show now? Or the match game? Wouldn't have had 30 Rock. Like, I think we just need to pump the brakes on the let's cancel all our contracts because oh, someone was in the news thing. Yeah, I think. And Johnny I- Depp is still bankable. He's goofy, a little strange. But he's yeah. still bankable, so I'm surprised at their their they're jumping at this the way they're jumping at it. So I think the the issue is that, and again, like I think what you said, like with in terms of Alec Baldwin, I think that makes sense. I think if this was simply like a verbal, like they they're not getting along, and every relationship has its issues potentially, yeah. and and stuff like that. But I think where things get a little dicey is the fact that it is pretty clear that there's physical, some sort of physical abuse coming right. from both sides in the relationship, yeah. both sides, but it is still physical. And because that is such an issue that across the country and across the world, a lot of people have, usually yeah. it's one-sided this is a very weird case um and as stars and celebrities people treat them rightfully or unrightfully so as reflections of society and representations of certain things and so it's all but clear that some sort of physicality was happening in this relationship and so i don't blame a studio for being like you know what we need to distance ourselves from this and taking a a strong stance and no tolerance stance against it especially with new leadership which it seems like well that's the other thing about leadership did it you you mentioned that warner brothers and their changing of all this stuff this company does this like every five years listen like the wb becomes upn goes mm-hmm. back to being the wb sells off completely you know we have warner yeah. entertainment we now that it's it now that it's at&t there. though so like it's interesting because i had said last podcast that the big reason why like a weird thing for me was that Warner Brothers originally was so strongly backing Johnny Depp, but now it makes sense because back before they filmed the second Fantastic Beasts, that's when the the new word of all of this arose, and Warner Brothers like had Johnny Depp's back, like no, we're keeping him, we're finishing this movie, like we stand by Johnny Depp, blah blah blah, all that. It makes sense now why he was released now. Because there's a shift. There was a shift after there was a change in leadership after that movie got made. So because AT&T bought all of Warner brothers after that movie was made, then they made the changes. That's why, you know, we had this strong reaction with kind of 
distancing themselves from Johnny Depp. So we'll see what happens in the future because again, like Amber Heard, she's not getting uh, kicked out of Aquaman and she potentially should be. And people are, people are calling for that too, because this again, seems like. I was calling for it before all this. (laughs) Well, yeah. Heard is not good at that role like she would she brought nothing to that i was not interested okay we went so deep into that that we didn't need to but i felt like it was good to at least clarify what happened i am rolling on on mickelson too i think he's a, a very good actor as well i think he would more than do justice to that role in a crap exactly movie. right it's probably going to turn out bad anyways um let's move to the next right. thing enough of heard yes stephen king's outsider yeah which was a suggestion for you originally was renewed for a season two by hbo has now been canceled a quick yeah rolling or trolling on outsider being canceled I'm rolling on the cancellation. I, when we reviewed it, like I was interested, I think I gave it a, a Midland, a fair review, but it just was dragging. It was just slow. It had good actors in it. Um, it had, you know, it, but it just moved to at a snail's pace. And then the, there was the jumping, like the, the, evil was jumping from one to another and the different faces and all that stuff that was kind of going along with it. I, I get it. Like I get why they canceled it. That's a tough concept to keep going. And it's a tough, um, it was just, the tone was just tough, like tough to slog through. Yeah. That I worked as a mini series, not as this. Yeah. So I'm actually going to roll with it as well. Surprisingly. Um, because I felt like they told the story. I thoroughly enjoyed the outsider i really really liked it but i thought that if they were to do a season two it would have been forced now they might still try to do a season two somewhere else and you know there were some people that were saying well this show got this number of viewers this show got this number of viewers on hbo and they're still um they still exist at HBO, but for right. some reason they canceled the outsider, which had equal or better numbers to those shows. I would imagine that maybe it's just a money thing and the show mm-hmm. cost too much to make who knows why they canceled it, but it seems like the showrunners and the studio that produces it are going to try to shop it around to see if they could get a season two. But I I'm rolling with just sticking with season one. I think that's well, all you yeah. need. Um, Avatar 2. A bit of Avatar 2 news. But hold on. Wait a minute. We don't need news. Kate Winslet, who's in Avatar 2, Uh broke Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible underwater record. Kate Winslet, who's set to appear in the film, recently revealed that she was able to hold her breath for seven minutes and 14 seconds while filming an underwater sequence in the film. And people realized that that time broke Tom Cruise's record and she didn't even know it at the time. Are you rolling or trolling with Kate Winslet's Uh, record-breaking performance? I'm, I'm rolling with it. 
there we go i, I knew you were yes, gonna get a pivot i'm rolling with it all right i'm not out on kate winslet i think she's all right uh she actually held her breath that long or there was she like a seven held her breath for seven minutes and 14 seconds legitimately that's really good that's unreal and i'm she's rolling like with not, it too. not to be not to be rude but like she's not a young no she had to anymore. like train for it yeah. and and all this stuff and she didn't realize at the time she was breaking a record but she did i think that's freaking crazy that she i like that. this idea i think that's great yeah roll like, rolling as well surprised. very impressive There's, that is the one positive thing that will come from the train wreck of Avatar. Probably. Yes. Um, moving on. Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. Is potentially going to hit HBO Max just two weeks after premiering in theaters. Oh. Um, according to Deadline, they are reporting that Warner Brothers has a couple of options for Wonder Woman 1984. The, co- the studio could move the release to next summer, uh, but it would join a huge number of other blockbusters, or they could just simply release it, possibly keeping the December release date or pushing it back a little bit to January, and then just release it on HBO Max simultaneously with the theater release. Are you rolling or trolling with... Wonder Woman 1984 basically going directly to HBO Max. I'm rolling. I'm rolling with it. I think it's a good idea. I was thinking about this the other day in the car, not this specific movie, which I'm excited to see, but the the movie theater business. So I think COVID is going to be the final nail in the coffin of a dying industry. Uh, but I think they did it to themselves. This is what I was thinking about in the car the other day. The movie theater business and Hollywood, Hollywood destroyed the movie theater business because having every actor make $20 million every time they walk onto a set just kills the middle class. Like you now every ticket costs 20 bucks. It's like, oh, well, it's $14 for a regular ticket, but we're going to make everything in 3D now. So it's going to be 18 bucks and everything else. So I, I just think that's, a problem like and and my fear is and i won't go on my normal rant about this but my fear is that these sites these apps these streaming services will go that way in that they'll be like well we're going to have all this original content and in order to get bruce willis or in order to get you know ben affleck we're going to have to pay 20 million dollars so we're going to have to up our price and we're going to do all this stuff I fear that that's the way it's going to go. Like, don't do that. So I, I think your distaste is misplaced. Rhyme intended. And I don't think I want to talk to you anymore. Well, uh, end of podcast, podcast canceled. End of of cast. (laughs) Go ahead. So I'm Um, misplaced. Carry on. Tell me why. Because yes, actors are being paid a lot to be in these blockbuster movies. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah. the ones who are making all the money are the production companies. They're making like, oh sure, yes, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. will make 20 plus million dollars for a superhero movie, but the studios are going to make a billion. 
So like, it's not, yeah. I, I don't think it's much, like studios aren't like, oh shoot, we got to up the prices of our stuff because we have to pay so-and-so actor. They're saying, oh, we got to up the prices because we can make so much more money off of people. That's really what it is. It's all about their margins. They don't care about the actors. They've gotten, you know, no name people. Think about how Marvel started. Well, that's like, the thing. They brought in right. Robert Downey Jr. They brought, but they've, pretty much continued to that like look at what they did with black panther like bringing in chadwick boseman like sure. look what they did with um i mean you could say captain marvel like brie larson yeah. wasn't a big name until she was in that like they're making names they're not like out I, there I trying it. to find a name i think you're right and and i and i would lump them in as being part of the problem as well but it's also like does the movie really need to cost $300 million? Like, well, you know. potentially it does, depending on what you need want to do with it. Because CGI costs a ton. And then if you're going to market it, marketing is like crazy. Uh, I'll but give you a great these, example. What these Look studios at, are doing, yeah. they're not like we don't live in a time anymore where you looking at, at an actor and you're going to the movie theater because of that one or actor. That actor. It used yeah. to be, Oh, yeah. a new Will Smith movies coming out, a new yeah. Denzel, a new Tom Hanks. There is maybe, maybe just those names that I said are still people, I bankable actors. I now it's shifted from actors to IP and properties. So it's right. no longer bankable actors, it's bankable IP. So that's what it's all about. Oh, we have this thing that we can make a universe around. That's what's why people are going to the theaters. Okay. And that's why we're getting more blockbustery stuff and we're not getting things like Nobody's Fool, which I watched for Suggested You. Like we're not yes. getting anymore. So I think it's misplaced a little bit who you're directing yeah. your anger towards. But I like your argument. I, I get it. I, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a systemic problem. That there needs is. To be addressed. Yeah. There I is. I like that. Right, I follow you. Um, I, but I'm also rolling with Egg Wonder thing. Woman coming out on HBO Max. Last, last bit of news. Thought this was uh, relevant given we are approaching the holiday season. The original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer figures yes. from the movie have sold for ne nearly $368,000. Wow. That's right, because they were claymation, so they were actual figures, right? Are you rolling or trolling with the investment that somebody made into... I Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer figurines. I feel like I feel like I could 336 troll. Uh, sorry 368,000 dollars for Rudolph. Yikes. You know what? I'm going to roll with it because here's why I'm going to roll with it. Wow. Yes, I know. And cuz normally I would call whoever that was stupid and ridiculous. But it's just nice for something nice to happen in 2020. Like this is a nice thing. Someone definitely like, you know, the guy that bought that, watched that as a kid, grew up, had some money, 
and was like, you know what? This had such a mark on me. This made such an impression. I want to own it. I want to own a piece of it. I like this idea. This is nice. He this better is nice. Have it's refreshing. Money. It's nice. Well, he better have money. Or she. Or, or she, yeah. He or I'm she. I'm trolling it. You're trolling it? Why do you hate everything? I don't hate everything. You're Why the one you who so hates everything. You, how, how I hate you, reasonable things. You, you know, you despise his, his family skills, the Mandalorian's family skills. I don't and despise now, them. Now, I just also in this vein of family entertainment, you hate this too. No, what, listen. How, do you float or does your... The listeners are going to find out, first of all, how much I love Christmas. But... It's not a great investment, in my opinion. You're not going to get your money back. Uh-huh. You better love those figurines, and you better have had a serious chunk of change to blow because I could have bought multiple houses for the amount of money that you spent on action figures. This is a fact. So, trolled. Trolled. All right. Just just your cast iron heart carry on sure sure anyways let's let's recap a little bit the movies that we suggested for each other last week yes so i on your suggestion uh uh-huh. watched uh 1994s yep Yep, 1994's Nobody's Fool, starring Paul Newman, Bruce Willis. Yes. Um, we had Jessica Tandy in there, little Melanie Griffiths. That's right. Um, there was a lot of Melanie Griffiths in there, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, there was. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, some, some appearance from the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Um, so I watched that, and you watched a little movie called yes. the big sick modern film comedian based yeah very entertaining and had uh, had a bit of a heart to it yes it did so which what do you want to talk about first i'm leaving it up to you let's see i because i forget now if we trade on and off week to week i it will doesn't go. matter i have my notes i will go okay um so the big sick yes i went into it kind of closed-minded i was like meh this kumail i don't really find him funny is he going to be a good leading man and the first 10 minutes i was tuning out not tuning out like i wasn't paying attention but i was starting to tune out because i was like oh this is they're going to try and do like a movie about comedians which doesn't kind of they, yes that's that's, that's a problem. fair that's yeah. a fair thing to be a little afraid of and, and but i will immediately say i think they balanced everything well so they showed you what it's like to have to go on stage they showed you it's like all right we're waiting in the wings we're doing this that and the other thing i'm making my material i'm observing life but it was really balanced well with this other story going on that that we'll talk about because making a, a movie about comedians can be like, I love Seth Rogen and I love, uh, um, I don't love him enough to remember his name, Adam Sandler. But <laughs> when they made funny people, I was all in. I was like, Oh my God, a movie about comedians. All right. And it was not great. And I was like, Oh, 
this is, you know. And then watching people do like their stand up, their fake stand up in a movie to a crowd. It's like, uh, you know. It's a thing I'm that Hollywood loves to do. They love making movies about themselves. Yes. All the time. We get tons of movies about Hollywood or we get tons of movies ab- about being a comedian. 100%. So, so we get Kumail who does an excellent job. I'm in on he him. He does. I'm in on him. I think he can definitely, he could carry a story. He's like emotional. He can be strong even you know, at times. I liked, I really liked everything he was giving me. Um, I like, he's also, also the writer of the movie. Which I and think came across based on his yeah. right his existing relationship. It's ba- because and then that, that was cute at the end where they show yes. those pictures. But I like that because he's so this is a guy from a different culture. He's Pakistani, and I am not. But <laughs> I I symp- like I sympathize. I get it. Like there's some universal stuff there. Where it's like, oh, my family wants me to do this, but I don't want to do that. I want to live my own life over here. I want to do this and the other thing. I want to break away from tradition, from what's expected. Like there's a lot of universal family themes that he gave us painted through a Pakistani family model. Mm -hmm. So I was really in on it. Um, Zoe Kazan is my new celebrity crush. Okay. She's so cute. Like, she's just, like, cute is the perfect way to put it. And interesting, she's got a force to her. She plays, uh, you know, spoiler alert, she has a sickness that they continually misdiagnose until Kumail's like, you know, we were out, and then she hurt her ankle, and I didn't know what to think. And then the doctor's like, oh, let me take a second look at this ankle. It's such a throwaway thing, too. Like, it's not a big thing it's it's a very small like it's blinking small detail that they included in the movie and that like the doctors in the movie notice right just look into a little bit further and you know and deal with that so i like that as well she does an amazing job um ray romano and kira sedgwick i think we're great holly hunter holly hunter i'm sorry holly hunter uh excellent excellent yep picks for this because it's a strange movie you know it's out of the ordinary it's you know it's a rom-com with a darker tone and you get you get a guy like we're we're doing full we're doing full spoilers are we doing full spoilers yeah let's just do full spoilers if you haven't seen it like again these everything we talk about is time stamped so if you haven't watched it just skip skip to the next movie yeah Skip to the next movie. Um, all right. So now this girl, poor, poor Zoe, is in a coma. Ends up in a coma. Medically parents induced. Come, medically induced. Uh, she, the parents come, Ray and Holly Hunter. And Holly's pissed off because her and Kumail broke up prior to her coma. And she's all, you know, there's issues there. But, and I was afraid. I was like, oh, is, she gonna, is it like, is it going to get racial? And it doesn't because she actually stands up for him in a yes. totally badass moment, which, and I think you'd agree with this. I think we've both been in situations where we've witnessed that kind of, 
maybe not the racial part of it, but that kind of outburst from a, from someone over the age of 50. Yeah. And then it's like, cause it's a very specific tone. Like you've seen it. Yeah. You've seen it. Absolutely. Like you, you're like, Oh, like I feel for these people. Oh my God. And then Ray Romano is the husband that is following her out of the room after she's made this outburst and she's right. Yes, you know, she's very much in the right. And he's following her out. And then he's like, you know, he's got to say his piece, but it, it comes off awkward and he does a great job of being awkward. So I was definitely vibing on that. <laughs> I love that his opening line to Camille, who, Camille, he's like, you know, come eat with us. You know, don't have to be alone. I yep. know she doesn't like you, but was it? And then as a way of breaking the ice, he's like, so 9-11. What are your thoughts? To talk to someone. What are your thoughts? And you've always wanted like, to talk to someone about nine eleven, right? <laughs> and it's you know we're obviously eleven years later, and it's nothing. Yeah, you know, it's not like the the it's issue not is malicious. Funny. Yeah, it's not malicious. It's like it was so perfect that that's where he went mm-hmm. as a way of like he, because he you doesn't know, know what to say. Again, you know that person who yes. like would want to have that conversation and would approach it yeah. in the way that, that way. he did. And I thought that was great. Like I, and so there were, there were moments like that, that kept me involved in the movie where I was like, Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's, you know, Oh, I get that. Oh, I sympathize with that person. I've definitely seen this person before. Um, I like, I talked about the break in tradition. Um, oh, but the absolute best thing. Well, so let me start with the worst thing and then I'll give, I'll go to the best thing. I really feel like the worst part of the movie was that they underused, like criminally underused David Allen Greer. Who, I don't know if you, if you don't okay. know, he's, yeah. you yep. know, him, he's, you know he's the, yeah, he's the um, host, the host of the right. stand-up showcase. He is so funny. Yeah. David Allen Greer is so truly funny he more of had like a cameo like a type cameo. role almost and i was like you know what you know because i i kept expecting something mm-hmm. i was like oh he's in it this is great and then i got reinvested and then nothing happened with him and it made me sad but wasn't enough to kill my vibe on the movie the best thing though and i and i will probably watch like the youtube clip of this over and over like i probably won't watch the movie again but I'll watch the YouTube clip of this for the rest of my life. The meltdown in the drive-thru where yes. he just wants four pieces of cheese on his burger. And, and the, like the kid is new and doesn't understand, like he can't break protocol. He's like, we're not allowed to do this. Like, Who is this we? Who is this we that you can't, you're telling me you can't put four pieces of cheese. And he's like exasperated. Because you've definitely had that breakdown oh. before. I might have had that exact moment before at a drive-thru like that. I, I may have done exactly this. And, and he, and at the end of it, he's like, he realizes that, you know, he's just overwrought emotionally. He's like, I, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he like cleans up. <laughs> and he and cleans up the trash yeah. that can, that he just tossed over. That was my favorite thing. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yes, you're striking a blow for everyone that goes through a drive-thru that's like, A, you can't because the machinery is garbled. B, has to repeat their order 14 times and can't get what they want. I loved every second of that scene. Yeah. Every second. 
So out of five, I'm, I'm going to give this a four because there's moments from it like that, like I said, that are going to stick with me where I was like, yeah, that's, really I, that's awesome. Yeah. I, this was, uh, I, I really love this movie. I think this is a great movie. I, um, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I just love the dynamic how like you think that it's starting out as a traditional rom-com and then it just takes that hard right turn on you that you weren't expecting with her getting sick and then all of a sudden it becomes a story about Camille's character and the parents bonding and learning to connect and building a relationship as opposed to him and the love interest building the relationship which you kind of see happen but it's very quick. It's, it, it, it was a great, great twist, I thought, and a really cool and interesting way to approach something that, you know, ha- has been pretty repetitive in rom-coms. It's yeah. where, where you have the meet cute and then it's, you go through the relationship Absolutely. and then there's the big, the big there's breakup the at the end yeah. and then they get back together. Like that whole thing, like this, threw a, a whole wrench movie. into it where they have the big fight scene way early in the movie yes. and then she gets sick and they can't and, reconcile it. And her reaction when she spoiler alert, one, two, three wakes up from the coma yes. and sees him and you're expecting that to be the moment of reconciliation. Right. And then it just gets sadder. Well, yeah, because like, I, I mean, it, it was realistic was though, rough. because, and she says it, it was like, realistic. for, for you, you were able to reconnect with me. You had all this time for me. I just woke up. So it this seems like yesterday. it yeah. was last week that we broke up for me. It doesn't right. seem like it's been months. Great, was, great movie. Like great dynamic. I, I really, I'm so happy that you enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm happy I enjoyed it. Good selection, Sarah. How did you much. feel about the early '90s uh, aging Paul Newman vehicle that was yes. Nobody's Fool? I really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. I liked it a lot. Okay. I kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast this is not a movie that gets made anymore really especially for theaters if anything it's it's small studio um maybe it would be released on like streaming they would they seems like they're going in this direction where it's more like indie smaller type of adult dramas that they're putting out because they don't make it anymore um for a lot of people today, it's probably not something that they'd be interested in. Right. Um, I like that it's basically just a showcase for Paul Newman. He's yeah. in literally every single scene. There's not one scene that does not have him in it. Um, so it was very much just made to hang out with him for for an hour and a half. Right. Um which, I Which is not easy at that age. He's in every scene, no. so he, you know, credit to him. Absolutely, and you know, it's just it's one of those movies where it's meant to to showcase an appreciation of like the little things in life, right? And yeah. this, it's it's a very simple movie, but behind that simplicity is like an appreciation for simplicity. If that I makes like sense. that description, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, 
So just, uh, and that's the big thing for Paul Newman, where he thinks he's like down on his luck and nothing goes his way. But by the end of the movie, he, he really is, you know, thankful for the life that he's been given and wants to make the most out of it, even though he's living in this small town and it's not this glorious life. It's still something to be happy about and proud of. Absolutely. Um, And I thought that there wasn't a better example of this than, and this will be spoilers, but we just said that everything's spoilers. When he literally, he has all these dreams of what he wants to do and he's going to run off with Melanie Melanie Griffith's character Mm -hmm. and they're going to go to Hawaii. And towards the end of the movie, he gets it. She is ready to go. She buys the tickets. They're leaving and he ends up staying because he's reconnected with his son. He's trying to build a relationship with his grandson. He has found uh, a new, um, I keep saying the word appreciation for his friends that live in the town, even like Bruce Willis's character who he has a love hate relationship with. Um, And so he decides to stay because that's the life he's supposed to lead and he doesn't want to, he's going to miss out on this one ideal dream that he had built up in his mind in order to stay with what he has. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. And I, and I really liked the ensemble, like the Bruce Willis, the yeah, young, great. what's his name plays the cop. You mentioned him before Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, Jessica Tandy, who died shortly after filming yes. of that, by the way. And they dedicated the movie yeah, tour. That which was mm-hmm. cute. But I really liked that this was a Thanksgiving movie. Kind really. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Like it Thanksgiving was in that, happens. Thanksgiving happens, but also like you said, he's he ends up thankful for what he's got. Yes, he does. He ends up thankful for what he's got. And I just enjoy watching Paul Newman act. Did you watch this alone or did you watch this with I, your, I watched this. I watched this myself. You watched that watched yourself. Okay. But was I wrong when I suggested that this is a film that you probably could watch together or is it totally not up her alley? I, I don't think it would be up her alley because I, I think it would be too slow for her. Slow. Not okay. enough would be happening. Gotcha. 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 Um, but I'll tell you something else. Let me ask you. Do you get on that plane with 1994 Melanie Griffith? I get on that plane. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I get on that plane. Neil, I'm on that plane uh, now. Uh, I'm a married man. All right. The only <laughs> yeah, plane right, I get enough. on is with my wife. Whether right past, present, or future, that is the only mm-hmm. person I get a plane, uh, get on a go. plane with. There but, you go. You know, you are a, a, a bachelor. So you can get on the plane with whoever you want, oh, and that's fine. In paradise. That's their paradise. Um, all right. Do you want to give me your recommendation first? Yes, let's do it. So I actually want to hear from you. Oh, okay. Um, just before I make an executive decision, I like to get some input from okay. you. What Are you in any sort of mood this week? So anything in particular you're kind of feeling like watching? I, let's see. If, if you've got something that is 
Nobody's Fool-esque. I like that because while it was a serious movie, it was not a sad movie. Yes. You know, like I like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm in that kind Mm -hmm. of mood. Um, But also... I you know right right on the cusp right on the eve of Thanksgiving I I could feel happy I think we should switch the tone to joyousness. Okay. So I don't know I think there's a fair chance you've seen this movie. I think but there's a chance you've seen the one I'm going to suggest for you too. But carry on. I think it checks all of the boxes that you just said. Oh wow! Okay. Um. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you have not seen this yet. Have you seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? I have not. The streak continues. streak continues. All right. So this, this is on my list. Okay. And kind of the re, so originally the thought process was on the fact that like this came out around Thanksgiving last year. So that was kind of my theme because we're approaching Thanksgiving now. But okay. given what you're looking for in a movie, I literally think this checks every box. It has like it. moments of feeling, but ultimately it is uplifting. And, you know, it's, and it's, it's a down-to-earth type of movie. It's about, you know, it's, it's very much, it, it's an adult drama, but it just has a big name and it's about of, of, pop culture icon um in mr rogers but it's still you know it's still in the vein of a movie that if it wasn't about mr rogers and it was about just like kind of a random uh movie with the same plot line you know this movie doesn't get made i like Um, it all right so i think you're gonna really enjoy it tom hanks obviously who is my favorite actor of all time very true um so I think you're going to really like this movie. I really enjoyed it. I think there's going to be multiple times where you well up, um, <laughs> but ultimately you're going to feel really good at the end of the movie. All right. All right. And where am I, where am I viewing this film? This is streaming on Hulu, I believe. Uh, but while you give me your suggestion, I am going to quickly clarify that okay i now let me let me preface with this you have hbo max i do okay so one of these you will definitely be able to view through your hbo max subscription the other you may have to find although uh, from what i see you can all you can get it on fubu tv um sling tv that kind of thing voodoo AMC, if you have that. If you so, have cable. a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm just jumping oh. in here quickly. Sorry, mm-hmm. is currently on Stars. Stars. I don't know right. if you have a way to get to it. It also says it's on the Roku channel, whatever that is. Oh yeah, okay. I know I you have a Roku. Work. I do. Um, I can make it work. So that that is where you can find a beautiful, beautiful day, day in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. All right, I'm going to tell you what. So I'm going to open with this one because I, I, you have to have probably seen this already. Okay. Um, have you seen, uh, hold on, 
have you seen planes, trains, and automobiles? I haven't. You have not? I have not. Very interesting. Okay. Well, I would suggest... Now, here's I the know thing. of it, but I haven't watched it. I'm trying to remember if it's... There, he's getting home for Thanksgiving or he's getting home for Christmas. I think he's probably going home for Christmas. I think it's a, I, I think it's a Christmas movie. It might I be can, Thanksgiving. I can hold it over till Christmas and I can give you a, an, a more uh, obscure, although with famous people that you'll recognize immediately film that is Thanksgiving kind of based. Um, so he, they are traveling home for Thanksgiving. Ah, well, then you got to watch it. Okay, I'm in. All right, and I'll then, uh, maybe I'll reserve the other one for, for another time. Okay. What, what, can I know what the other one was? Yeah, sure. I was going to suggest Grumpy Old Men. Okay. Okay. Because right? you're aware yeah. of it. You know yes, what it's I'm aware of that Walter one too. Matthau. Yeah. yeah. You would have fun watching, mm-hmm. but you're going you're gonna to enjoy both movies. But... Uh, but have you seen – so you haven't seen Planet Strange? I haven't, I haven't, seen, haven't seen, seen either. Okay. What's well, up to you? I might have seen Grumpy Old Men like a long time ago, but yeah. I, I don't remember any of it. So wow. I would I, – I am going to go – I'll go with planes, trains, automobiles. Some would say I, I'll roll with that. Will you roll? Yeah, I'm not going to troll it. I'm going to roll it. not going to troll it. I think you're going to like it. You can't go wrong with Steve Martin. John Candy – Absolutely. R.I.P. is a comedic genius, R.I.P. Um, and it is, it's so focused on those two. Like, they are just, that's it. They're, you're watching these two be yep. stuck together um, and get trying to get home. So I think, I think you're going to, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Awesome, man. Well, I think that pretty much sums it up for us this week. Uh, so we are going to again continue with the Mandalorian we'll probably get some more rolling or trolling we've been getting a lot of news a lot of news lately Um, we are going to watch planes trains and automobiles you are going to watch uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood and until next time listen if you guys are enjoying what you hear please subscribe and download and leave a good review on wherever it is that you're listening to us we're on all the streaming platforms and in addition we are on neil's website full of great great content and our podcast glued to the screen.com that's glued the number two screen the screen.com uh and that does it for us neil what do we got to say to the people stream on everybody we'll be back